never been more ready in my entire life to do this right now. Never. All well, leading up to this moment, all right now, right here. Happy Earth Day! Happy Earth Day! Happy Earth Day from Wilmington, Delaware, and from Atlanta, Georgia, where it is freezing here today. So how cold is it there? It's like 44 degrees out today. That's where I'd be wearing me some fleece today because it is so cold. Uh, but uh, Great opportunity to catch up with you, Ross, in Atlanta. How is Atlanta treating you today? Is it nice day? Yeah, man. Lovely Earth Day. Went on a great Earth Day nature walk with the little ones, which was awesome. And the dog, who's a pain, but uh, he's cute. And uh, yeah, man, it was great. It's cold. It's cold here, too. It was like 61 was a high, but last night it was like in the 40s. So... Um, but don't worry, everybody. I know that you've heard a lot about my gardening, my mad gardening skills, and I know that you're on the edge of your seats, but our our harvest seems to have survived this frost. So let's hope it's over. I, and our peach trees too, made it. Our peach trees too, made it. Well, I'm not doing well with that, but this weekend I will be mowing the lawn. <laughs> so I will, I, I feel like guilt ridden when I look at my neighbors and like it's an an envy situation where you know they're looking down upon me because they know they're judging me. You have not mowed your lawn. And I just didn't, I didn't feel like it uh, last weekend. So I will do it. Um, a little update, the J-Date situation has not gone well. Uh, I do have a quick story I have to tell you. Uh, a, a divorced mother of two, sounds like a nice person. She was not willing to go out on a date with me because I live too far away from her. And of course, this woman lives in Westchester. So if you are in the Wilmington area, Westchester is about an 18 mile drive from, from Wilmington. So this is what internet dating is about. We call, there's a Yiddish word for them. They're called mishuganas. Uh, and it's just so frustrating, but um, yeah. What, uh, so what, what with traffic though, it's 18 minutes, but it's- 18 miles, probably more like 25, 30 minutes, but I'm like, come on, this is, this is like the 21st century, you know? Yeah. Um, Did you enlighten her on your musical tastes and that you're the star of a podcast? No, I didn't even get that opportunity. She like cut me off at the, uh, you know, she cut me out, cut me off at a low. I mean, so. Uh, I'd lead with that. That's my lead in. That's how you get in the door hello? right there. Hello, is it me you're looking for? Yeah, that's where the door closes abruptly. So um, besides being Earth Day, and I did want to just say something, um, President Biden uh, was holding a big summit today, trying to come up with things that we can do. So, you know, I remember my first memory of Earth Day was like about 1990. So that's, I guess, 30 years ago, but it's been going on since 1970. So anything we can do as a society, I know this is a not a very serious podcast. We try and keep it light, but you know, anything you can do. I mean, I'm a big obsessive recycler. Charlotte Levin, my mother, has become like the most ridiculous recycler you've ever met. It's just so fun. Really? Yes. 
She like, she will never throw anything away. Like things that are completely not meant to be recycled. I have to say, mom, you can't recycle that. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, do whatever you can do for the environment. I know I'm not the, the greatest person um, with regards to the environment. I like to drive my car, um, mostly for the fact that I can't afford a Tesla. Um, but um, take you your know, bike now. What about your bike? Yeah, my bike. Well, I could use riding my bike more. So trust me, uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the you know the Atlas God that you are. But um, I, I I need to do a lot better. And of course, we. It's interesting. Last year, when everyone was at home for COVID, environmental uh, pollution went down significantly because people weren't working and they were outside the house. They weren't driving. Um, and unfortunately, uh, levels are up at significantly higher rates. But enough with the fun stuff. <laughs> enough with the fun stuff. Enough with the fun stuff. We're going to take it to a game that we used to play as kids. Rock, scissors, paper. <laughs> you forgot paper. Yes. That um, is right. Some absurdity. When we think things can't get any worse in the Philadelphia Eagles organization, there comes another incident and that occurred yesterday. Would you like to shed a little bit of light on it? Yeah, so I actually listened to this press conference twice just to make sure. And I will say- I after did see it today. I did see it today, so. Okay, yeah. And I will say after listening to it the second time, I wasn't as, as angry about things. I will tell you that uh, our head football coach, and you've probably heard it by now, Nick Sirianni, uh, said that one of the ways that they evaluate a player's, a prospective draftee's competitiveness is by playing games with that, with that uh, prospective draftee. So I think um, uh, it was, um, why am I totally blanking on? Jeopardy was one of the games he suggested, like that some of the other coaches yeah. did. Yeah, Jeopardy, some of the other coaches did, but uh, Sirianni, uh, he likes to play rock, paper, scissors. Um, and he said that that's a way that he determines how competitive, because he doesn't like to lose at anything. So that rock, paper, scissors is the way that he uh, determines, uh, not the only way, but it, it is an influence into his decision-making and uh, in terms of how he feels about a player's competitiveness, because he thinks competitive people don't like to lose at anything. And I can understand that I, you know, I think that we're become a little bit cynical towards this behavior and just why did he announce that game? And right. also, how can you play rock scissors over the internet? Yeah, I mean, you gotta do like, should we do it right now? You can't watch my hand, you have to watch my eyes. All right, I'm calling it, ready? One, two, three. No, it's one, two, three, shoot, ready? One. one two, three, shoot. I can't so see I, what you're holding. I, I got mean, paper. So you could paper, be paper oh, you win. Look, you win. All right, you do the show yourself. Bye-bye. <laughs> paper beats but, rock, right? So scissors yeah. beats paper and, 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 uh, and rock beats scissors and then paper covers rock, right? How do you not know this? I don't know, because I like never got that far in first grade <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't even know what you were doing in miss miller's class 
But here's what I can tell you. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot is we play it in our house all the time. I actually, my kids have a book and we, I read it quite often. It is a long ass book, rock. the le- it's, a, it's a funny book though. The legend of rock, paper, scissors, how it became to be. Point being is I am clearly not cut out for the Philadelphia Eagles. You are, you're a winner. Um, that's what the left man does is he that's wins. That's why you want my 47 year old body playing offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't that's think right, so. Man. That's yeah. right, man. Uh, but uh, listen, I mean, I, I think I mean, it was a silly comment and I can't imagine that you really get much out of that. And I think he may have been just grasping for straws. I hope he was just grasping for straws and that's not really uh, a measure in which they determine a player's competitiveness. Um, Cause if it is, we are in more trouble than I ever feared. But uh, you know, what I'll say is I, I, you alluded to something earlier. I do think that the media has a uh, stiffy for um just Sirianni and like pointing out how like goofy he is and how excitable he is. They want to see him fail to a certain degree. We agree. We are determined to, you know, the observations that he's acting like a high school football coach or a D a D two football coach. Here's Uh, what here's. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, should you be talking, but maybe we shouldn't be so serious as sports fans because remember this is for fun. This isn't like life or death military observations. Maybe we've sort of forgotten that. And maybe, you know, that's part of our problem. So maybe someone like this is refreshing a little bit. Yeah. And I think the other thing I, I like the fact, so if you listen to that press conference, I, I took a few things out of that, to be honest with you, that press conference. Um, and, and we'll share that because we're going to do a special draft should we do it like a, a whole draft, like hour preview next? How about next? I don't know about an hour, but I can definitely do 45 minutes to 50 minutes of, you know, I think maybe breaking down team for team also. I'm going to do a lot. Maybe of we'll research. stick in the division. We'll stick in the division, but we'll stick in the division. It's four teams and they also have multiple rounds. Uh, but Yeah. And the Eagles have 11 picks. So we'll, we'll get in deep next week. Maybe we'll have some guests if anyone wants to talk about their their teams. Or I think Rock might want to talk some Raiders. Raiders? Raiders draft? Because this will be the first year that they actually let fans into the Las Vegas stadium. I don't know if he cares one bit about that, but I'd be curious to see what it's going to be like in Las Vegas when they have a home football game, when That's... people are coming in. Yeah. That stadium is awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't. Have you seen the outside or just uh, just video? I haven't seen this video. I haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, what I was saying about Sirianni is I'm just going to say this one point. I think that he he made a really good point, and I think a lot of people probably missed it. And I loved it that he said this. And what he said was they were asking about, hey, do you have certain intangibles or there are certain qualities in a player, size, shape, speed that you look for? And he said basically, you know, how he answered. His with his whatever he said and which was solid. And then Sirianni said, no, man, he's like, look, an X receiver can come in all shapes. He's like, and he named, he's like, T.Y. Hilton is five nine, you know, 170. And he was my my um my wide receiver. And then Dwayne Bow was six two and a house. And then I had Keenan Allen, right? Six three, great moves. So I the thing that I loved about Sir- Sirianni, what he his point was was that, and he said this, you ha- you get guys that are playmakers and then you develop a system that puts the ball in their hands and then you develop plays that make them successful. And to me, 
that was really enlightening because I don't feel like previously, I felt like even when Chuck, I mean, uh, Chip Kelly came in, remember he had like a certain style of players that he liked. He liked to have bigger and he, he used to say, we like to beat you up, you know? And I think when, when Doug Peterson came in, he had a, maybe a certain, a certain style, but like what I'm hearing from Sirianni and what, what I'm holding on my, my hope onto is that he really likes coaching and developing. It sounds like, and Bill, his whole thing is get me talent and I will build around it. And that to me gives me a bit of hope because it's not, I need guys that fit my system. He's saying, get, I want to get the best guys available and I will build systems that work for them and put the ball in their hands. And to me as an offensive coach, like that's what I want to hear. Before moving on to the Phillies, I did have one comment, which obviously raised a lot of discussion. He did say that no, no one has a sure thing on a position, which, you know, Jalen Hurts, we think he's going to be the starting quarterback. Where does that leave Jalen Hurts? That shows the team has still even less certainty in Jalen Hurts' abilities to be their starting quarterback. Well, I don't believe it. I mean, I think he was just playing that role. I think they signed Joe Flacco saying, hey, Joe, you're going to be able to have an opportunity to compete. And I think for Sirianni to come and and look like who's to say, like, let's just have I mean, we don't know what's going on. We don't I, I actually I'm not sure that the Eagles are going to be in the 12 slot come next Thursday based on what uh, everything that I'm reading and just my own personal feeling. I think I going to trade down down. or up. I can't, I, I, I'm not there yet. I'm not sure yet. Um, so I think that he's saying that with like, let's just say one of the, let's just say Justin field slips right to 12 and the Eagles take him. And he's already said, well, Hey, Jalen's my guy. Listen, whether you agree with the pick or whether you don't agree with the pick, it then puts him in an awkward spot. So I think what he said was actually the right answer. I have no problem at all. I think like most fans can infer like, look, Jalen's the guy, like he's going to be the guy they're teeing it up for next year in case Jalen doesn't succeed. But, um, you know, he, like, I thought his, his answer was, I had no problem with that with, you know, and, and again, I, I, that's just, I think it's just coach speak. You know, I think Jalen's the guy, but he doesn't want to come right out and say that. And, uh, you know, everything that you've heard, I don't know how much you've heard, but it sounds like, you know, I, we all know Jalen Hurts' work ethic is like legendary. And apparently they were saying, I read a quote the other day that's like, you know, he's, you got to pull him out of Novacare. So that, I mean, that's the kind of guy you want. You want a guy who's like just burning hours and training and always working to get better. Like that's what I want in a quarterback. So we'll see if it translates. So what's, uh, Phillies are eight and eight. Uh, I did watch you, you get on me about watching the Phillies. So I did watch a couple games. Unfortunately, I picked two of the worst games to watch. I watched last Saturday's game against the Cardinals where they just, they got on top of them quick. I think they went up one, nothing. And then the Cardinals like took over the game. I think it was like nine, one, and then whatever the game ended. And that was, we had talked briefly about Matt Moore, who he got shellacked, but now you told me he's on the COVID protocol. And then Unfortunately, uh, I watched Tuesday's game against the Giants and, uh, you know, uh, Mickey Moniak actually hit his first home run. So that was nice to see. But then the team, which had a 6-4 lead, surrendered the lead, ended up losing 10-6, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think they left. Back two three-run homers, the Giants hit. So, um, yeah, what's the verdict on the pitching? 
and, the, um, and the team's hitting, which seems to be another concern. Yeah, I mean, look, like, but you put up six runs at home, you should win that game, right? I mean, so I. I but they didn't score anything yesterday, right? They went two nothing down to the Giants yesterday. The Giants beat them two nothing, I think. No, no, no. The Phils won yesterday. Oh, then the Phil. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm losing so, it there. So Brogdon, the problem that I have is that Brogdon, you know, he was he was he was missing. You know, Brock, Connor Brogdon was missing a reliever. And I think when he came in, the Phillies were winning. I think the Phillies were up six. I, I think the Phillies were up six, four. And yep. he gives up a three-run homer. And he had already missed and he had been hit kind of hard. He gave up a three-run homer at seven, six. You know, at that point, I, I questioned Girardi not pulling him and just being like, look, this guy doesn't have it. Like, you go down seven, six, that's one thing. Then he surrenders another three-run bomb and you're down 10, six it's hard to overcome that, you know? So, and I think like last year too, there's probably some PTSD from the bullpen last year. I think Brogdon's going to be fine, but I just think, you know, I, I expect a little bit more from um, Girardi in that situation. Um, you know what? Uh, Modiak homered um, the other day. And then uh, Matone, the, the Nick yep. Matone, the shortstop, another young guy from their system, 24 year old kid. He's, he's played well. Um, and then Spencer Howard, man, was lights out. I, uh, I, I, I didn't see the game, but I know, I think he faced five batters and struck out three of them and he was hitting, I know that he was hitting 97 and he, he hit 98 on his fastball. That's exciting because as you mentioned, Matt Moore, I don't think he's going to be the answer. You know, Chase Anderson has been okay. I mean, fine as a fifth starter, not, he's not dazzling. He's not solidified his spot, but you, you definitely have a weakness in the uh, rotation and you got to address it. And so, whether that's going to be Spencer out now, now your boy, Vinny, uh, Vinny. Yeah, I saw Vince Velasquez is, I guess he, he's, he's doing, he's in the bullpen, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, he's actually, he's going to be starting, um, some, uh, tomorrow. Who do the Phil's have this weekend? So I looked at the Phil schedule. This is crazy. I, I may have missed this because I'm not great at math. Actually, I am pretty good at math. Well, um, eight and eight. So that would make them 500. Right. They're a half game back of um, your beloved New York Mets. Yeah. And they, I believe they play, check the schedule, 1973-ites. I believe they play 17 straight games without a day off. That is insane. Yeah, it is bad. That's but really they go bad. Colorado, then they go out to St. Louis. So they have a West, West Coast road trip is coming up. I think it, no, uh, more central they they're going to colorado then they go st louis then they go to new york uh play the mets and then i i can't remember after that but i counted 17 straight games which is that's that's pretty insane so i think look you're gonna know what you have with this team um the, you know the bullpen is starting to show some leaks um our boy archie bradley big fan of our show he got hurt early <laughs> hurt his oblique so you know that that's big fan of the show he is. He Notice is. I'm at Blue Rock Stadium. I'm over, I'm over at Jody Johnson Field at Dan Frawley Stadium supporting my Philadelphia, excuse me, my Wilmington Blue Rocks, who actually happen to be a farm a <laughs> of the Washington Nationals. So I yeah. go figure. Um, You're in enemy territory, bro. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make much sense. They should be a Phillies, a, a Class A affiliate. But I love minor league baseball. Big baseball. I actually, 
You know what I do find that I started watching the game and they are slow, but I love the, uh, the box. I love the whole, uh, you know, the, the pitch, you know, like the, the pitcher zone where you can see the strike zone that they actually oh, yeah, yeah, have yeah. on TV. It's, yeah, it's yeah. actually very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know there was a big series last weekend. I guess the Padres played the uh, uh, Dodgers. That was a big series last week. So, um, yeah. Uh, Tatis got hurt, right? In that series, or was that a series before? I think it was the series before, um, mm-hmm. but he did play. Um, yeah, he hurt his shoulder swinging, which they, they originally feared it could be done for the year, but then I know he's, he's already been back. So, so I have good news. The, the Yankees suck this year. So that's, yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah. I like that the Orioles are kind of like in the middle of the pack right now. I think the Royals are leading. Guess who's uh, playing for the Orioles? I didn't know that a couple of Phillies on the ex-Phillies. Mikhail Franco's playing third base for the Orioles. Yeah, There's a couple old, uh, uh, who else was on the Phillies utility infielder who's playing for uh, the Orioles? Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know that one. You would know it if I mentioned it, but yeah, I mean, the Orioles, when they're competitive, that is a really cool place um, to watch a game. So we have to yeah. keep an eye on the Phillies. Um, obviously, you know, Sixers. Uh, well, last... Can I say one more thing about the Phillies? Yeah, go ahead. I love watching Bryce Harper bat. And from the day they signed him, I said, I love watching Bryce Harper hit. And uh, last he night... He won the game yesterday, right? He He... he... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Andrew Knapp technically hit the, uh, hit the single that knocked him in, but he hit a home run in the seventh, uh, two run blast. And I like watching Bryce Harper swing is like a thing of beauty, man. He's to me, I, like I said it weeks ago and I, I, he's must see, he's must watch every time he's at the plate. You know, I just love watching him and I love that he's hitting, man. He's hitting, he's hitting, uh, he was above three fifty, I think. Um, you know, so he's, he's a real kind of, you know, uh, streaky kind of ball player. I mean, the Phils still have the hole in center field. We'll see. I'd love to see Mickey Moniak kind of get hot and take it over. Whether that happens is a whole nother story. Um, but, uh, you know, they definitely have some holes in center field, certainly um, in their starting rotation. And I'm not ready to call their bullpen, um, you know, uh, a major, major issue at this point. But I think there are definitely uh, some leaks that need to be addressed. Okay, so well, we have time on that. Yep. Um, about the Sixers, so we've had some injuries this last week, and I, I think that what were your observations with – obviously there's a game going on right now that we'll be able to discuss. There's two important games against the Bucks, one tonight and then a Saturday matinee at 3.30, which is an unusual starting time. But what were your observations about – the Sixers against uh, the Suns and uh, the Warriors and the injuries and how they played into that. And, and Joel Embiid in general, who has been absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Gosh, that shot last night, the best shot that I almost, that almost went in. I mean, I think they I've were down seen. by eight points with like a minute 41 or something left in the game or. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, so. Uh, I'll try to tackle both these real quick. So Golden State to me was um, a bit of a frustrating game. You know, you could just see Steph like gaining confidence and gaining confidence. And again, I'm going to go to coaching and I love Doc. What I didn't understand at the end was why 
George Hill after being out for three months and why he was playing George Hill and Seth Curry on Steph Curry. To me, I'm putting Matisse Thibel on him. He's your best defender when Ben's not there. Obviously, I think missing Ben was huge. Um, Steph was on another plane, man, that night. He like he was unbelievable. So, you know, again, Sixers were without uh, Ben and they were without Tobias. Was anyone else missing that game? Now, Seth actually played and he started off really good against his brother and then 15 points and he didn't score anymore. And then, yeah. Steph went on to score 49. And I think your Matisse Thibel uh, example is perfect because then last night he played the Suns. He was on Booker almost the whole game. And then, I mean, he blocked some Booker shots. And I mean, Booker scored 18 points. I mean, they did win the game, but he certainly made it so difficult that if he could just get that shot a little better, I see him being your starting small forward next year. So, yeah. Did you see that? block he had on the baseline um booker it was like absurd i could watch that all day but yeah and then so last night's game uh was tough right i mean joel i think i read something today that he's his knees like bothering him which concerns me he came out of the game and he was holding it he was laying down last night he also looked tired i mean he 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 was basically a one-man show last night and I mean, he, he scored, I think, the last nine points down the down the stretch for them. And, I mean, we haven't seen a center do something like this, be this athletic with the footwork since Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal was never like this. Yep. And I think what you're seeing, too, is he really has that alpha dog mentality. Like, I, I for a long time, I don't know if you, you kind of felt this way, but I always felt like, you know, is it Joel's team? Is it Ben's team? Like, it is very clearly – Joel's team, you know, and I think um, and we'll see that'll be interesting to see what will happen over the summer if we, the team decides to part ways with Ben. Because, you know, I think I've talked to you about maybe a potential deal for Bradley Beal. And I think Bradley Beal, being someone that's coming from Washington, he would realize this is Ben's team. He might not like it, but he would realize and would appreciate it. Ben. I still think there are things about his game like that just absolutely drive me crazy that when you see them on offense, he just goes towards the basket or he just like totally disappears. And I'm just curious to see how this will, what will happen in the playoffs. Although obviously we missed him and we need him this weekend. I know he flew to Milwaukee, but I think he has the flu. So we will see. Um, He definitely is not in the COVID protocol. So uh, hopefully he will be out. I don't know. I mean, hopefully he'll play. I don't know if Tobias is playing this weekend. I'm not sure. I hope that Tobias plays one of those games, but I think you're really seeing that them miss him. You know, they, he's, they're missing that second score. And so there's a lot on Joel right now. Um, there is a, a couple signs of encouragement, like a couple things I just want to say about the Sixers. Everyone is like losing their shit, right. About, the Sixers are, are, they're falling apart. Like in terms of like their playoff seating, you're still, you still have the number one team. You have not had Ben and Tobias healthy. Now I worry about that like long-term. So I'm okay with them getting some rest now. Seth has been in and out of the lineup a little bit. I, I, I want to point to a couple positives. Matisse at the very least is a potential all defensive player. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey, to me, this year has shown that he can definitely play ball. 
Uh, George Hill played so much better last night than he did the first night. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged about that. Um, you know, I think you got some quality minutes from, um, uh, why am I totally blanking on the backup center's name? Number 39. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Yes. The yellow hair guy, as my mom says. (laughs) What'd she call him? Yellow hair guy? Yellow hair guy. That's awesome. Yellow hair guy. I mean, I think he has given us some good minutes, you know? So I, I like, as you're looking at this team, like Corkmaz has come in and hit some big shots. I know he's your, you're his number one fan. So I'm his number one fan. I like him. I, I don't like some of the bad press he gets, but right. But so I, what I'm saying is I think that there are some pieces here. I think Tobias has certainly stepped up his game. He's legit, like, you know, second option on this team. You know, Joel's taking his game to a whole nother level. There are so many positives that have come out of the season. And I think like everyone is so laser focused on the number one seed. And if we lose the number one seed, and I, I want home field home court advantage throughout as well. But I think because of the state of Philadelphia sports and everyone's basically sucks right now, like everyone is looking at the Sixers and I just feel like it's a negative vibe. And I think let's get Ben back. You know, he's a lockdown defender and and he's a creator on offense. He has his struggles, but let's get Tobias back. Let's get the boys back together and see how it all shakes out. I mean, let's, let's kind of like, and I think you, you can appreciate this, right? Championship runs, championship teams are so rare and they're so it's like let's all not like flip out every single game about what's happening with the Sixers you know I mean I'm I'm trying to stay positive look if they go into the I enjoy it because this is a very I think this is the best Sixer team since 1983 actually you said that I remember you said that so I I mean the most complete team I mean let's be honest the 2001 team was fun but outside of Allen Iverson there was no one really that stood out on that team that you'd want to watch. I right. mean, there's, there's no, there was no Tyrese Maxey on that team. There was no uh, Kirk Moss or there wasn't even a Dwight Howard who could come in and act like a character. There's a lot that's likable about this team. And then in the past couple of years, they were a lot of people in the NBA, a lot of fans told me they didn't like this team. Well, I'm like, don't worry about this team anymore. We're not on national television like we used to get on. And, Everyone can't stand the Brooklyn Nets because they are, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 again, I had a conversation with family about how they thought the Nets were just going to roll through. I'm like, wait a second here. They played five games together. They have a rookie head coach. There's a lot to be concerned about with the Brooklyn Nets. If you, if you're a, a realistic, it's, it's like basketball on paper. That's really what that comes down to. You're putting a team together on paper but that doesn't mean they're going to play well together. And I think that's why we have a team that's played together the whole year. So. Yeah. And, 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 and you and I have talked about this a lot, right? Like we will take that type of, we, it feels like the Sixers are much more of a team and the Nets are a collection of great players, you know, that um, are breaking down, you know? So I I agree with you, man. If I'm picking an example with my brother-in-law and his son, Ben, I said, what happened when San Antonio played Miami the second time? The team kicked the crap out of the superstar team with the three big, three big Mm -hmm. superstars because they could play together. They should have won the year before too. It's because they played as a team. Everyone had an assigned role. I mean, even uh, uh, Grant, uh, not uh, our shooting guard. Uh, This is bad. I'm having a mental. Danny Green. 
Danny Green had a role. They all had roles. And this Sixers team is sort of similar in that respect that every player has a role. There was really only one superstar in that team, uh, Tim Duncan, just like we have Joel Embiid. Yeah. Danny Green has been great too. I think he's been very unsung on this team. And I know you you sang his praises, but he's been. I want him back next year. I want him back. I looked at his free agency situation. I want him back next year. I'm more interested in him being our shooting guard next year and Seth Curry. So, uh, you know, we'll have to take a look at that uh, going further, but you know, obviously we don't have to worry about that today. Yeah. But uh, I think they, I'd like, they definitely need to win one of these games against Milwaukee. I think I'm not jumping off. It's more likely going to be the Saturday game that they're going to win. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not jumping off the train and I'm not panicking and I'm not flipping out every you know, every play, every game, whatever, you know, if, look, if they, if they lose, let's say 10 out of their next 14 games. Yeah. I'm going to be a little bit concerned. I also don't see that happening. So I think that they we're going to be... see next week. And right. I think that they have a back-to-back with the Hawks. The yeah. Home home. yeah. So I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, I agree. So I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy the ride. There's going to be ups and downs. This is basketball folks. We're not the, uh, you know, the, the Chicago bulls of the nineties. So let's let's it's let's fun, uh, though. it's fun that there's it no is fun i will tell you the one team though that that is definitely you know i think milwaukee obviously getting better but the celtics man i hate that team so much and everyone they are, hates the celtics they're playing a really good basketball really good basketball and surprisingly right enough i didn't realize the knicks have won eight in a row julius yeah. Randle, my least favorite basketball player has become a quote-unquote star I find yeah. him so absolutely obnoxious. Why do you hate him so much? Oh, because well, he plays I have to watch the Sixers play the Knicks and the limited Knicks fans saying he's the MVP. I got problems with that. Right. Yeah. I just I got you. I sort of thought the Sixers should have taken him back in 2013, but over Joel? Uh no, 2013 was when they took Nerlens Noel and they uh yeah. I don't think Randall and Noel they were, were, the, they were the same year. They were you the, sure? Yeah. Check right. me on that. My fans, the fans out there, check me on that. The Levomaniac. Someone look that up. Uh, I got a really nice text, by the way, from our boy, E-Rock, uh, about our show. And we were talking about, you've heard me bring up this uh, podcast called um, uh, Smartless. Smartless? It's kind of a se- second-rate kind of podcast with Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. Yeah. And so what uh, E-Rock was saying was that his he's not as loyal to them as he is to us he he says we're can't miss radio and those guys are like you know when when he's doing something you know building a pool or something or a garden and his i saw know. him he posted it on hocus and original girls or whatever he built this beautiful like it's a you know it's like a facebook site he built this beautiful thing in his backyard what do you wait are you serious what did he build oh uh, I think it's you plant things in. I mean, you guys should talk now that you're both called into a, Lev, that's called a garden. garden. It's called a garden. You yeah. plant things in it. Are you serious? Yes, you plant things in it. I, I think you guys have really reached that age now where you're doing home and gardening. You really, you really must, you know, go go for that, you know. So dude, growing your own stuff, man. That's where it's at. Um, one final thing. I know no one cares, but I did want to put this out there. I I am. Ross is a soccer player. I follow soccer internationally. 
Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, I, I lived in England, I lived in London for three years, went to graduate school, became a supporter of the Tottenham Hotspurs. The reason being is that was the game I went to. I went to a Leeds United Tottenham Hotspurs fan. Um, and I was a Millwall supporter, but um, big thing happened in international football. That's the appropriate name. Um, there was a proposed Super League that would involve six English premier teams, I guess Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona, Aventis, a couple other teams. Uh, Bayern Munich was not going to be in it. And uh, it was mostly done for greed. Um, and they wanted to actually copy our leagues in America in the sense that they were interested in having an additional TV deal. Um, what I'm so impressed is that the fans revolted and the, the domestic leagues revolted. The fans showed that they could have strength in the face of greed. And actually the Super League proposal went down to failure. So that's to show you that fans, we do have a lot of voice in the actions of our organization. So like Eagles fans, if you're not willing to pay the money to go see the team, they're gonna do something about it. They're gonna make decisions. And that also relates to the, the Phillies. Um, Sixers did do things. I mean, they tanked. I don't know if we, that was the right thing, but they did do that. Um, and um, the interesting thing is I realized that most of the teams that were in the English teams that were looking to move were actually owned by American sports owners like the Glaziers, John Henry, Stan Kroenke, and there were a couple others. So, I mean, it shows that <laughs> American sports owners, not like we didn't know, tend to be some of the greediest people out there. Yeah, you're, you're not kidding, man. That's uh, that is an interesting story. You're right. I mean, Look Maybe at the we end. need to make Jeff Lurie aware of the fact that we're not blind followers and that yeah. we, and we expect something in return for our $50 in parking fees on a Sunday, at, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, look, the power is with the people, right? You, you don't go to the games and they get the message. Um, I think that that is certainly loud and clear with uh, the owners that we have in Philadelphia. So we should be thankful for that. Look, some owners don't care. You know, it's just about, you know, if they're making money through other means, then that's all that matters. But it's about the gate and coming out of COVID where they, so many owners have lost or uh, not made um, such extravagant profits. Um, you know, I think now more than ever, that power is with the people. So you're right. If you're not happy with the product, don't show up. Don't shell out. I will say one thing, though. Going to an Eagles game a, a couple of years ago, there is nothing like seeing the people tailgating and just eating. It really is an experience. And, uh, yeah. Um, you know, not Barry Martin, our 1973, another one of our major followers. Who you're doing a shout out to. That's what we call a plug. A plug. He, he I think he has his own tailgate at the games. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't even know if he goes into the, I don't think he goes into the games. I think he just goes in tailgates. God bless him. That's amazing. I always find uh, in his wife, I think. Silver Linings playbook where they have the tailgating scene where the 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 wild Indians they they like they come <laughs> in and I just that was so funny. That was really a funny scene in in an otherwise depressing movie. Um and inspiring. Yeah. You know what jersey he wore that whole movie? I know you know that. Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely right. Bradley Cooper, Philadelphia native. So Jenkintown, right? 
I believe so. I believe yeah, so. I think so. Um, any final thoughts from you on this Earth Day? Uh, go out, do something nice for the Earth, pick up your trash, recycle your stuff, uh, plant a tree, and, uh, and grow a garden I, like you. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Grow a garden. I also want to say, uh, as far as today is the 17th anniversary of Pat Tillman and uh, his, his passing past away in Afghanistan. Yeah. And uh, for anyone who's not familiar with that story, um, I definitely recommend familiarizing yourself with him um, and reading John Krakauer's book on him. Um, it is phenomenal. It's such a great book. He's one of my favorite artists or uh, authors anyway, but um, the book is incredible. Pick it up, uh, learn about Pat Tillman. Uh, he was killed under friendly fire in Afghanistan and, um, his family had, a, the book was just really insightful in terms of what was going on politically in the country. And, uh, I think some of the, um, you know, the fake news and the positioning of the way that the media death was used as a political, you know, right. football, which uh, like a rallying cry, like, he, yeah. yeah. And they were so pissed off about that. So it's such a good book. Right. Uh, you should read it too. You would love it. Like, I, you, you'll send me the title. And yeah, I will. I have it at home. I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, I, I definitely will. I don't really have anything else to say. I actually will be doing my part for the environment as I am going home to take care of my recycling tonight. That's great. And uh, without getting into details, just, you know, um, yesterday was a really big day um, around the, around the, uh, you know, the United States. Um, what else happened? No. I'm sorry. It was uh, Wednesday. Sorry. Wednesday or Tuesday rather. Yes. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday. I, you know what? I'm glad to see that things have been peaceful. I think we need to, you know, obviously there's, you know, I don't, there's some issues that need to be addressed. I think we all need to come together and heal though. I think it's really important that we do that. Uh, and I think the, we can talk. One thing that I've noticed in America is we're very good at talking, including myself. We need to listen a little bit better. And I think that that hopefully will come forward. Um, and, uh, you know, listen to our younger people. I mean, my nieces and nephews, they are so much further ahead on these issues than I have ever been. And, I, and that's impressive. Um, so, yeah. and that's the next generation. And your kids will even be further ahead than all of us by, by leaps and bounds. Leaps and, leaps and bounds. Yeah, I think it's important to have those conversations, right? I think it's important to talk about those things. We've, we've talked about those things with our kids, um, you know, racial inequality, social justice, reform, all those things. Um, you know, we try to keep our kids not sheltered, but enlightened um, and do it in a way that that is relevant to where they are and their age and stage. We try to do that, you know, and I think, um, you know, was, so, so yes, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that and and my hope is to your point as let's let's be let's let's have open minds open dialogues and let's keep dialogues and understand that that there are a lot of people that are hurting and i think just being a listener sometimes you know hearing what they have to say and the other cool thing you talked about the next generation my daughter came to me today and was like we spent a whole day talking about earth day and all the stuff that we need to be doing and i was just like that's so cool like i never remember doing that in school so I'm glad that, um, you know, a lot of people hammer on education and, and, but, uh, you know, and that's why, that's why they need to use your tutoring, you know, the Wilmington tutoring. Yeah. Yeah. 
very, very, I am so enjoying taking over, like fully running this by myself. It's just been such a like enjoyable experience. I'm always tired, but I just, I love it. I absolutely love working with kids and sort of like seeing the kids succeed. We just, I spent, uh, I spent some time at five and below getting prizes today. Um, and that was, that was fun too. So um, I hope that, you know, I can do this for the next 20, 25 years. So amen uh, to that, man. I hope you can too. You're great at what you do, buddy. And uh, you're, you're yeah, a solid, and, solid co-host. Not great. And I'm looking solid. forward and we did a plug on, we will be doing our draft show next week. Um, all draft, all draft, no, no other sports. We're going to hit right into the draft. We're going to probably just do the NFC East. But uh, if there's a team that people want us to preview, email Lev or text me or whatever, you know, however, it'd be, and, uh, tell us and we'll, we'll preview whoever. Who's I love the draft, one? man. It's so much fun. Yeah. Who's got the number one pick again? Jacksonville. See, we might need to do Jacksonville because I am curious about how uh, Urban Meyer rebuilds that team. Does he actually have the knowledge to actually coach in the NFL? So I'm not a Her Urban Meyer fan at all, but you know, Trevor Lawrence, it's a no brainer there. I mean, look, the first we'll, we'll save it for next week. We'll but, save it know. for next week. Everyone have a hold on, hold on, hold on. What's, what's that? What's that? I can't hear. Have a wonderful weekend. Oh, Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't people be friends? Adios.